That's good. Excellent. Robert, this is this is fun. <laughs> yeah, this is great. In Chicago and yeah. I'm excited. I said, did you say you said you didn't even tell anybody you were gonna be in town? No, I told, you told me. I yeah, I, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so I'm sitting in my hotel. I'm in River North, so I'm right on top of Portillo's essentially, Ooh. which is my favorite restaurant. How much of it have you eaten so far? So Sunday night I flew in. I had one hot dog and Italian beef. Monday night I had an Italian beef and two hot dogs mm. and fries. Last night I had three hot dogs. <laughs> Because going up. <laughs> Monday night I felt like shit because I had the Italian beef and two hot dogs. I don't get the stuff back home, so it's like, oh my god, I need food. <laughs> Your body's just going into shock. At yeah, that point. I'm going to. I'm going to be a diabetic by Friday when I get on the plane. Are you going to get a cake shake before you go? I think I'm getting one tonight. Actually, mm-hmm. when I get back to the hotel, I'll <laughs> hit Portillo's again. It's so good, but like for me, like. Chocolate does not agree with me at all. So, like, whenever I have a cake shake, it's like I know fully well going into this that this is going to be a disaster. But oh yeah, it's so worth it. Oh my god! It, it, and that's what this week is for me. It's just learning a bunch of shit about my new job and food. I want Portillos every single night. Um, I was in bed last night at like I was asleep probably by nine. Hmm. And it's a dream. Oh my god! I'm well. It's ten o'clock on the East Coast. So, oh, so your body's just kind of like yeah, I'm this done. Is time. Yeah. And I've been waking up at 5 in the morning um, out there, so 6 a.m. here. So, yeah, I try to keep my sleep very scheduled. So, yeah, I don't want to change anything. (laughs) This is pretty good. Yeah. So, it's been a while since you've been, like, in Chicago. Well, you you were here a couple times. You you did a couple shows with with Freelance. Yep. I did one. You did one. One show where I managed Dick Justice. That was a hell of a... That was a hell of a show and a hell of a match as well. Insane. Just... All the stories around it and everything else. Like, it was, it's kind of cool to look back on that and just think, wow, all those guys that were out there. And then I'm lucky enough to be there randomly, <laughs> you know? So, and I appreciate all that shit. So, I that was, that. Uh, yeah, because it was, it was Dick versus Corbin versus Kikitaro. Yes. And I mean, a lot of people, this is, I guess, common knowledge at this point now, but like, you were managing. Uh, Dick Justice, but yeah. Kikitaro had a mystery manager of a, of a man. Can we say it? Because I've still never said it to this day because I was told by the person that this didn't happen. So, oh, well, I mean, it, and it, Cabana it, was in the match too. No, Cabana no, was not in the match. Cabana, I wrestled Cabana. It was That's uh, right. me and Castro against him and Grado. But uh, CM Punk. Yes, CM Punk. I managed opposite CM Punk. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's the biggest. Um, achievement in his career it's so funny because like it was just such a it's such so weird because it was just he was just this tall hooded figure yeah throwing salt (laughs) at people the best part of the story for me was i smoke cigarettes it's the only thing i do in my life now i used to drink i used to pop somas like you name it i was i was doing it for the last seven years eight years now i haven't done shit um, but I love cigarettes to this day <laughs> and you will always find me outside smoking a cigarette and I'm smoking and up walks punk and I just look over. I'm like, holy shit. And he looks at me. He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, I should be asking you that. And he's like, oh, I'm doing something for uh, Cabana. And that was it. We talked, we, you know, talked about how we're both married now and you know, that was it. And then. I heard through the grapevine that he was in the match as the ninja. Uh, <laughs> later on in the night, I'm like, this is fucking, wrestling is so weird. So, yes. That's yeah. crazy. Do you do you remember, like, the last time you saw him before that night? or? Um, yeah, I actually hit him up on, and this is how long it is, because we would still text occasionally. Like, you know, uh, before every one of his fights, I'd shoot him a text. Like, hey, man, good luck tonight. But actually seeing him... I reached out to him on AOL Instant Messenger. So this is dating the conversation. WWE was in Boston and my little cousin Tommy. He still used AIM at that point? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He probably still uses AIM (laughs) to this day, I'm sure. Um, But I reach out to him and my my little cousin Tommy was a huge CM Punk fan. So I'm like, hey, can um, can I get a couple of tickets to bring my little cousin? He's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, So he hooks us up with comps. And... Tommy and I are standing outside waiting for the doors to open 
And the fire alarm in the building starts going off. The emergency exit. Oh, no. I turn around, and there's Punk going out the emergency exit. <laughs> so I'm like, Punk, Punk. And he's no-selling me. He's fucking K-faving me. Um, and I'm like, Punk, it's Joey Eastman. And he turns around, and he's like, oh, hey, what's up? And like, he's like, how the fuck do I get to the locker room? So like, we had to walk him around the building. and That's so funny. Of yeah. course. It's just like... Which is busting yeah. through doors. And here's my little cousin who's now, I want to say 21, 22, but he was like 15, 16 at the time and just completely blown away that his hero is, <laughs> and I made that happen. You know, in his head, I made that happen. Really, it was just, you know, I got a couple of comp tickets from him. We weren't supposed to meet him and it just happened to happen like that. That's awesome. Though. Yeah. That's a hell of a story for him. He like, still talks about it to this day. That's, that's so awesome. Yeah. Um... I had a follow up to that too. I just totally like spaced on it. So okay, yeah. So I bring up that you guys you knew him like yeah the years prior to that. Uh, so many people may or may not know that you were like the man in in, in Chicago. Uh, no, you were like the no. you were like the 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 mastermind of of managing and I had a big mouth is what it was. It's <laughs> all to this day. It's all smoke and mirrors. I just I was young enough. In that time where there were no other guys my age, I knew how to use the internet. So I knew how to use message boards to put over what I was working on. And I used that Chicago wrestling message board. And then it went to MySpace and, you know, then Facebook. And I would use social media. So this is before you guys got in who are, who know way more than I do about it. But it was Cabana who was about my age at the time. And that was really it, that we're using social media. So I used it to make people think that I knew stuff. I didn't know shit. I learned everything from riding in the cars, like with Derek St. Holmes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, shout so, out to Derek St. Holmes. Love Derek St. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So like, uh, that's very similar to like the, today, it's Twitter, for better or for worse. Twitter yeah. is kind of what runs wrestling but back in the day it was these message boards and, yeah and i've and i've told stories on here before of how like uh at least when when i was growing up and you know we with me and my friends we were doing like backyard wrestling and we all posted on these backyard forums and and that's how we met like so many different backyard wrestlers and stuff that that all of us ended up becoming like guys on the independence and uh and it's people are like oh how do you know this guy how do you know that guy i was like well we all just knew each other from this message board yeah <laughs> like yeah. It's it's weird how it all it's all inter- intertwined and and I'm sure like even in the early days of that and like probably the early 2000s you're you're, yeah. you're referring to and it was like 01 was when I dis- or 02 was when I discovered the message boards and what I did was and this is still probably my worst quality is I'm brutally honest to the point <laughs> where there's no filter whatsoever so I went to a PCW show and it was the worst thing. And I'm just a fan at the time. It was the worst wrestling show I'd ever seen in my life. And I went on the Chicago message board and I said that. Oh, and man. nobody else was doing this. Everybody was like, oh, you know, it was like everybody was nice. And, you know, yeah. nope. Not so you were me. the first internet troll. <laughs> I, 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 am the, I was the one-man orgy on the Chicago message board. That was my name, and I would shit on everything that oh I God. didn't like. And then, you know, it turns out a year later I'm doing ring announcing and shit like that. But, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I would go to shows. And this is still as a fan um, with uh, buddy Joe Hero, who I actually told I'm in town as well. He's the only other person. He's coming from Milwaukee tomorrow night just to do dinner with me. Oh, nice. Um but he and I would go to shows with a couple of other guys and we would throw confetti and just, <laughs> just be obnoxious. Essentially, <laughs> the way I look at it now, now that I'm older and I understand what was going on, these guys could not get heat. They couldn't do anything. So we were just take we were taking away all of their heat that they didn't have. The bare, the bare minimum they had. And we made the shows about us. Every match, unless it was something we liked. Like, I remember Scoot Andrews um, came came up oh. from Florida. We didn't say a word. We wanted to watch Scoot Andrews. Like, if we liked you, we wouldn't do that shit. But most of the time, it was shit wrestling. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> like, DDS was out there, and we were throwing <laughs> confetti. Like, yeah, it was, it was insane. 
I was just going to say, do you remember who was on that PCW show? Yeah. Um, so the hook was the Road Warriors were in a match, which was really cool because I think it might have been one of their last shows. But they also had a thing where it was going to be Jimmy Snuka and Roddy Piper in the ring together. So I'm in the Navy wow. at the time, and I'm like telling all the guys at the base, I'm like, this shit's going on. We get there. Roddy Piper isn't there. Oh, uh, he so, showed or they... I don't... I don't know if he was supposed to be there or not, but I know what happened afterwards, which in my memory makes me think that Piper was supposed to be there. So Snook is there, and Piper's music hits, and out comes P.L. Myers. Oh, man. In a kilt. And they try to do the coconut thing again. Um, yeah, it was just really bad. And then P.L. Myers had a, a, a ladder match later that night. I want to say it was against Sonny Rogers, who I love Sonny Rogers. Oh, wow. But it was horrendous. Like, yeah, the whole show. Tony Regan almost died on the show. Like, he did a shooting star press onto the floor, Ooh. and nobody caught him. Yeah. I still have that problem today. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, God, what else was on there? Like, Egotistico Fantastico was on there. Okay, yeah. So, I love Rob. Um, yeah, he was on there, but... It was a blur. Like, I don't remember really anything. Dang, that's, that's so funny. Like, I I talk about, like, um, the first, like, independent show that I ever went to when I was, like, I want to say 15, 14 or 15, and it was a World Wrestling Zone. Oh, my God, <laughs> at the garage? It was in Bridgeview. Okay. At, at the Bridgeview Park District. Um, anybody who's listening to this outside of Chicago has no idea what no I'm talking idea. about. But uh, I remember specifically i remember buddha was on that show oh buddha and uh who else who else is keith walker on the show he might have been yeah i just i specifically yeah venom was there uh i remember because i bought buddha's shirt that night because it had a big devil head on it okay and uh then my mom promptly threw it away (laughs) yep and i was like awesome well it was your money so like yeah (laughs) but um there was a young, a young masked wrestler on that show that I happened to get a photo with that night. Yeah, the name of Alto. Yes, I found him <laughs> in the garage for WWZ, and he was working as Alto. I, you know, I told him, I'm like, oh my god, you're so freaking good compared to all of this. Now, for people not in Chicago, the WWZ had it was these twin turbo guys that one of them ran it, and they had who we now know is Mustafa Ali on the show, but he was under a mask. You had Buddha and Venom, who were these big jacked up guys. And then you had The Wrench. Do you remember The Wrench? Hmm. Did he work on another, another name? Or? Nope, he was The Wrench. I don't know. He, yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he was so bad. Oh, and his gimmick was he carried a wrench. Ooh. And that's why he was the that's wrench. That's self-explanatory. Yes, it makes sense to me. You are the wrench because you carry a wrench. Um, he cut promos was like, you may think you could beat me, but I know I'll throw a wrench in your plans. <laughs> yes. I'm going to tighten and I'm going <laughs> to tighten. Oh, my God. Um, Joey the Dolph, Joey Dope Man was on the show. Um, God, there was a guy... I think there was uh, Adam Evans. Adam was Evans that? was on a couple of those shows. I, I want to say him. Yeah, yeah. I remember everybody in Chicago loved him because he was, you know, sixteen years old and jacked, and he brought his mom around, and everybody thought his mom was attractive. Of course, yeah. I think that was the first, the first eight by ten I ever got was like was him. Just oh, because okay. I was like, oh yeah, eight by tens. Yeah, you're sure. gonna be a star. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. And now. Yeah, he's, uh, you ever hear what happened to him? No, what happened? He moved down to Florida, big junkie. Um, he got addicted to some shit and ended up beating up Crystal Carmichael, who, I don't know if you remember her, she was a lady wrestler in Chicago, friends with Big Time. Oh, Big Time. Yes. I love Big Time. Um, Big Time is not like me. So, Big Time doesn't like anyone except me, and he and I hated each other for years, but... As we both got older, we're like, why did we actually hate each other? And then he made some action figures for me. The Sydney Bacabella action oh, figures. Shit. Holy fuck. I sold 50 of those action figures 
before the doors opened at King of Trios a couple years That's ago. That's awesome. I remember seeing the pictures of those. Those yeah. were really cool. He's amazing. Like, he has a uh, LJN press. Oh, wow. So he can make, like, he makes money now just making action figures. Like, that's his job. It's fucking cool. Damn. Yeah. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Right? Yeah. Everybody hates him. I get it. I have peeled back the layers of Big Time to find that he's actually, once you get past Big Time, the Big Time person, not not that bad. A little crazy, not that bad at all. Isn't, now correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but didn't he sue WWE for using the Big Time at WrestleMania 22 and won? That's the story. So, I've never really got into it. He has told me I've sued WWE before, but I don't want to get into that. I don't want... No, sure. I, just, I didn't know if there was like Oh, no, no, not on the podcast. I don't want to get into that with him. Oh, okay. Because I don't, I don't want those... Uh, the older I get in my life, I don't want to know how you made your money or how you did this. Hey, just be a cool person. Yeah. And that's my thing. Like, I, I'm... I'm not sure if he won. I the story is he won. I think he tells people he won. <laughs> I, I would do. And he doesn't work and he makes action figures and he's not hurting for money at all. So and he, he also nice. revived the Windy City Pro Wrestling. He bought it somewhat. Yeah. So I think he's running again. So I think he's gonna try it again. I, I hope not, but, but <laughs> yeah, hey, more power to him. Like yep, have fun. running a show is as, as I've learned is not a very easy thing no. to do, and to do it successfully is even harder. And yeah, yeah, and you know he asked me certain questions about promoting now and things like that, and I'm like, well, you know, you gotta use social media, and he's like, well, I'm not using Facebook because they take proprietary information. I'm like, oh my god, stop it, you know, like. <laughs> That's everything. You sign up yeah. for a game on your phone, like they're data mining you for sure. Yeah, of course. And, you know, I, I'll i be a nerd and say it. My son and I play WWE Supercard oh, all the time, yeah. and I'm really good at it. Like, I, I'm like <laughs> top of the line now. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, like that's sort of his thinking, though. Like, he has a very 2001 thinking about wrestling. And I hope no one fails in wrestling. But I look at things and I'm like, oh, you're spending money here where you don't have to. And, you know, I will say all of these guys look like freaking jacked monsters. So I <laughs> yeah, see the posters. True. Yeah. So, you know, and that's what he wants. It's a very 2001 thing, you know, where it's more of the illusion of being a wrestler. Right. Yeah. And there's definitely like need for that in wrestling because, I mean, like you got a lot of guys that look like me. Yeah. <laughs> Just like but you guys that stuff. could be sitting in the crowd. Oh, maybe. Not, maybe not me anymore, <laughs> but like. There, there are a lot of guys that are like smaller guys that may not necessarily be the most jacked and stuff, but like, it's more about just, uh, you know, what a concept telling a story in the ring. Yeah. And if you can get that story across to an audience, like it doesn't matter what you look like. It just matters how you can connect with them. It's knowing how to work. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. At the end of the day, that's all it is. And, you know, I don't have a great body or anything like that, but I can now go out like when I left here. Uh, when I left Chicago, I was training with Lobsterman, Jeff Costa, and Maverick Wild oh, out on the yeah. East Coast. Um, and I was training four days a week. I was at the school working out. And I can work my own six-minute match right now where it's like my greatest hits. I can do what I do. I'm not going to do anything crazy, but I will entertain. And it's going to be fun for what it is. It's a manager wrestling a match. Mm -hmm. So as long as you can tell the story and tell and have that psychology, no matter how you do it, you're freaking fine. And you're better than most. No, absolutely. Um, so usually, so usually these, my podcasts or shows are blended. They're not really like interview style, but like this, this is kind of like flown into, uh, flowed into an interview style. That's podcast, fine. But I'm totally into this. Cause like, yeah. Uh, because I feel like this is you are somebody that I feel like people who may not know who you are should and like it's like so they're gonna weird. hear you, they hear your story and it's like it's super interesting. Um, so you talked about like you started off by going to these like shows and, and kind of just causing a ruckus. Like yeah, I know a lot of people, myself included, were definitely the same person. Like I remember going to like early Ring of Honor shows and with me, me and my buddies just kind of being a dick and like during. Matches we thought were, you know, quote-unquote boring. Yeah. We'd just start chants for wrestlers that weren't there. Yes. And uh, I remember specifically, we, we started a We Want Gold Dust chant. <laughs> and, like, these guys, like, 
in the, the row in front of us just turn around and like, can you please shut up? Oh. And we're just like, hey man, we paid for our ticket too. Like, and that was my thinking the entire time. I There is a Ring of Honor show, the very first ever Ring of Honor show in Minneapolis. We drove up to it from Chicago. And you can go back and watch it. We were chanting homicide at homicide. <laughs> and he's like, you know, going crazy, threatening to throw the ring bell. But you see the fans, like, turning to us and trying to fight us. We didn't care. We were having so much fun. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I started out as a fan. And then I went I went to a uh, MCW show. I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Zenner. That was in Milwaukee, right? No, that was uh, Grace Lake, Illinois. So northern, uh-huh. northern Illinois area. And... I would go to those shows, and then he did a show in Rockford at a baseball stadium, which the main event of the show was CM Punk against Danny Dominion. Mm. That was the main event. So I'm smoking a cigarette, because that's what I do, <laughs> and I'm outside of the stadium, and Brian Zenner walks by, who was doing the heel owner gimmick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, I have to freaking ring announce. My ring announcer canceled. And I just look at him and go, I'll do it. And he laughed at me and walked away. <laughs> and then three minutes later, comes back and he's like, do you think you can do it? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm wearing a pair of shorts, jorts, actually, because <laughs> they were in style. Oh, yeah. And a red polo shirt and white sneakers. And I ring announced. That was my first time as a ring announcer ever. <laughs> I bought a ticket to the show and ring announced that exact show. And Zenner never gave me my money back for the uh, ticket. Classic. Yeah. Um, and then the Ritters from LaSalle, Illinois, they were running RCW. Okay. They were in comic book guy. They were running down there. They had just bought it from Jay Repsol, but Jay Rep was still involved with everything. Right, right. They needed a ring announcer. So they were in the crowd. They're like, hey, do you want to do our show? I used to go to those shows as a fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. They bought me a tuxedo. Because I was in the Navy. I had no dress clothes other than my dress uniform. So, and a couple of pairs of shorts and shirts. So, they bought my tuxedo. I worked for free. Um, I think it was like 50 bucks a show until the tuxedo was paid off. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I still have that tuxedo to this day. Um, Never got rid of it. I did bedazzle it. But, yeah, it's still sitting in my closet. It's the only Joey Eastman um, thing that I still have from when I was working as Joey Eastman. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really awesome. So, yeah, that was, it's so crazy to even, I even, those are memories I haven't thought about in years that I just, you know, popped into my head like, oh my God, they, <laughs> they did buy me my first tuxedo and everything else. Uh, so, tell me about Totally Tool Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Because um, I've I've heard so many like like snippets from other people. Okay, that, but I've never heard like the like how like how and why. <laughs> so, all right, it started out because of a wrestler called Stumpy. I don't know. If I you, love Stumpy. I love Stumpy too. So Teddy Hart was a big thing at this time. Still is. Still but, is for other yeah, reasons. for other reasons. <laughs> but he was a big deal at this time, and we're driving and we being Joe Hero and I. Um, Joe Hero um, was my buddy as a as fan. You know, we were fans. But I was also now getting into the business, and Joe was coming with me. Uh, a little more, I'll touch more on that later because I was such a dick to Joe later on. But mm-hmm. um, Joe, Joe and I are driving. I'm like, why doesn't Stumpy call himself Tubby Hart? <laughs> and Joe just dies laughing, and he goes. And he needs red sweatpants and, you know, just go out there and try to do a moonsault. And that's how it started. Um, We would just come up with stupid gimmicks like Norman the Mormon and Uncle Chester the Molester. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Norman the Mormon was a big one. Um, Mark Kayfabe is another one that we had. Mark Kayfabe. Yes. (laughs) Um, And finally, we're like... After a couple of weeks of coming up with these funny ideas on car rides, we need to do a show. So we booked a building in Round Lake, Illinois, and we couldn't even get in the building. We were in this fucking volleyball court outside. 
The whole show's in the sand. Oh, my the God. The sun is in all of the fans' eyes the entire time because we ran Sunday during a parade at, like, 3 in the afternoon. So the sun's going down in everyone's eyes on the video. You see everybody with their hands over their eyes. and Yeah. <laughs> um, and we made magic. And, <laughs> you know, it was – everything fell into place because IWA had a show the night before. And Chris Hero needed some trans for the Chikara guys to go back to Philly. Mm -hmm. So I got Bryce Rensberg, Chris Hero, um, Icarus was on the show, and my God, there was someone up, might have been Tricky Davis was on the show. And I went like, okay, I have these gimmicks in my head. So we took Brandon Tomaselli and Icarus, and I love Safe by the Bell. So they were the attitudes <laughs> and like it like just saved by the bell guys, you know. Mm -hmm. Um they came out with buddy bands and you oh know my God. Yeah. Um and they wrestled the new new rockers. So, you know, Marty Michaels and Leaf Cassidy or something, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just stupid. And everybody was paid twenty dollars on the show, and it was twenty one dollar bills was what you know, we paid everyone. We thought it would be funny to just pay everybody. In the oh, God. So, you know, everybody got paid $20, but it wasn't about the money. It was like, what the fuck is this? It's like, just like some weird, like, yeah. Like, Sideshow wrestling. It, and that's what it was. It was super carny. Like, um, the next time we, I read a book about P.T. Barnum, and I advertised for the entire show a six-foot-tall man-eating chicken. <laughs> and like leading up to it, like on the message board, the big thing was the six foot tall man eating chicken. And then when the show starts, it's just Kevin Harvey coming out eating chicken. Oh my God. Yeah. So like it was, you know, we had just incredible and I wanted Aldo Montoya the entire time. I'm like, it's Aldo. Like we booked Aldo Montoya. He has the gear. He told me he has the gear. He shows up with no gear, but he has a jock strap. So I didn't pay him oh. that night. He was very upset. Um, and that was the second year, which I hated because it was very, it was Ian Rotten heavy. Mm -hmm. So it went from being funny to being really raunchy, which I didn't like. I wanted it to be funny. Ian heavy as in like he was involved a lot more? Or? Yeah, like he was on the show, but like he, he thought it was his show and he keeps mm -hmm. fucking coming out and... We did the first ever first man standing match where we duct taped um, Ian Rotten and Ed Schumann to a chair. And oh, okay. I saw this reference today on Twitter. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he, you know, I'm just like, yeah, whenever you guys feel it, just pop up and win. So during the second match, Ian Rotten pops up and wins and then pulls his pants down and rubs his ass on Ed Schumann. And I'm like... Which I'm sure did not go over. No! Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know? So I hated that. Um, there was like... You know, he did something to a snake on the show. I, I vaguely Ooh. remember. Um, like, somebody had a snake and Ian Rotten threw the snake. So I didn't like that. So the third year, we did it at the Berlin Eagles Club. And it was the greatest wrestling show I've ever seen in my life. Main event was Larry Sweeney against the Iron Sheik in an arm wrestling match. And, you know, you got to remember, we're just two kids that are booking the stupid ideas that becomes, oh, we have the Iron Sheik now. And we had Rhino on the show who had just been released. So this is 07. Mm -hmm. He had just been released from WWE. He was in a three-man battle royal with Ed Schumann, who couldn't get in the ring, so he was on a Bluetooth. And Zach Gowan. And the referee was PJ Drummond, who was dressed as um, Razor Ramon Hard Gay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just because? It was so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, I can, like, picture that, too. That's... And PJ was perfect. Every year, PJ was perfect. Um, the, um, the finish of the Battle Royal was Rhino keeps throwing Zach Gowan over the top rope, and Zach keeps coming in. And only one foot in one crowd. foot. So then he throws him over and then throws the prosthetic over as well. Oh, gets him. That's how it ends. While PJ Drummond Hard Gay is just humping the corner. 
Like, <laughs> just, it's ridiculous. Do, do, does this footage still exist? Like, yeah. Do you still have it? Yeah, it's all on SmartMark Video. I don't know. I've actually never seen the second show. Um, I don't own any of them because when I moved to the East Coast, I just left everything. Um, oh, wow. At my old place. Like, I, I brought my clothes, my TV, and that was it. Like, I brought nothing with me. So, I sold my action figure collection to Larry Sweeney. Um, I had, remember the Jax Legends figures? Yes. I had every one of them. Oh, shit. Um, including the ring with the blue cage. And I sold all that to Larry Sweeney and gone. And that was it. But, yeah, the, we did the first ever, and if anybody ever steals this, we know where it came from. <laughs> the first ever first man standing match where only the referee knew where the fall was. <laughs> and it was in the middle of the ring. So the, the guys are battling all over the Berlin Eagles club. And, you know, Jason Dukes was in the match against Ryan Boz, actually. Oh, wow. And Jason Dukes takes this big bump down the stairs. Um, like an entranceway? In the entranceway that goes up to the ladies' room. Oh. Yeah, just takes a bump down those stairs. And sort of the, the unwritten rule on the show was just don't bump. Like, don't do anything that you're going to hurt yourself. Right, like, yeah. This is fun. They don't want wrestling. They want to be entertained. Um, yeah, like, the tool The tool shows are just... It, it's the most ridiculous fucking thing ever. And it was essentially, you know, any stupid idea that we had, we just put it on the show. <laughs> like, even if it's not funny, it's funny because it's not funny. So, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah that's... We do the, we do every year for our Halloween shows, we do like a Halloween battle royal and it's like, it's usually just like people that have been trying to get on or like some students and stuff. And I just go, just be like a X WWE, WF, WCW wrestler and just like come out and just do their shit and, yeah. and we'll just literally just announce you as that person. And like, it, they've been very hit or miss the last couple of years, but like, they're usually like, I'm, I'm just like dying the whole time. So for me, if I were ever in that I would want to be, like, an enhancement guy. Like, I want to be jumping Joey Mags or, <laughs> you know, Dwayne Gill. I, that's what I would want to do for it. I wouldn't want to be anybody famous. Oh we had a, a couple of years ago, um, it was, like, we had a bunch of people doing, like, some really cool stuff. And then, like, it, at the time, like, myself and, like, Kenny Sutra were in, a, in our a heel stable. And we came out and I started cutting a promo. And I'm like, this match is bullshit. Halloween's for fucking babies. Yeah. Uh, and we just come in and clean house and just, we throw everyone out. We win. And we're just like, yeah, we're the winners. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> and uh, and then Goldberg's music hits. And it's like, bum, bum. Oh, my God. And then, so we did it, especially, so if you if you watch this on IWTV or if you have the DVD or something, so uh, the cameraman, Jack, uh, he, he went through the curtain to this, like, side room and, like, you see his hand come and go, like, knock on the door. <laughs> The door pops open and it's Alex Olsen in a bald cap. Oh my god! I and love he, it. he came out as Alex Olsberg, and uh, and I, I every time somebody like posts like a, a gif of a, of a, a spear or something on Twitter, I'm just like, the hardest I've ever been speared was when Alex Olsen speared me because <laughs> he's a tiny little guy, but holy shit, did he like hit me with all of his force? He threw it all in there. And yeah, so he came out, he speared me, and then he gave Sutra the jackhammer, oh, and then tossed his bolt out. And I it love was, it. It was so funny. I remember a battle royal show you did a few years ago that caught like I want to say national attention in the wrestling world when Dick Justice did the Shockmaster, <laughs> and then the tugboat get like his wife was all upset, dude. She so. That so he we we came up with that idea and I literally made like the the helmet like I went I bought like a, a like a cheap uh, stormtrooper helmet and I found like glitter spray paint I made the helmet like super dope and uh, and we just like we it, like his entrance was literally just the audio from <laughs> yes. from the, the promo and the crowd like popped for that because they knew what it was and yeah. then he comes out huge pop he goes in the ring he and he does the trip getting into the ring and the helmet falls off and everyone's just like dude. Dick, dick, I love dick. it. And then he just like, then you cannot see out of that helmet at all. So he's like holding it, trying to like keep it on, <laughs> like giving like the worst clotheslines, like trying to get people out. And then, um, but yeah, so we posted the photos of it and like, um, his wife like, yeah. like messaged me and was just like, this is awful. Like 
this I'm, we're gonna sue you like da 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 because like like we like they, I think they were like WWE owns the rights and I was like well technically it's a stormtrooper helmet so I think Disney owns the rights yeah. and she got really mad and like and I'm like like I was like well he won it's not like we were making fun of him like, <laughs> a lot of the old timers they have a hard time with that because in their head maybe it should be them doing it oh. and I'm just like. It's a love letter to you. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, and, but he, like, when he, he posted... He was okay. Yeah, he, he was yeah. like, huh, this is funny. Like, she was the one that was hot about it. Because she was just like, oh, we want to get paid. Exactly. Like, it's like what's going on right now with Paul Diamond. Um, somebody out in New England, Steve Ricard, has the actual Max Moon outfit oh. that Paul Diamond gave to Ricard when Paul Diamond was... It's like, I'm done with wrestling and everything else. Now Paul Diamond sees the conventions happening. Oh, he's like, I want to make I want it back. And Steve's like, you gave it to me. Like, what the fuck? And, like, there's a whole big to-do. I'm pretty sure he's going to get it back. Uh But what Steve Ricard's doing doing with it first is trolling him on the internet and having a bunch of other people put the gear on (laughs) and sit at convention tables with it. Um, just for like a minute to take a picture and then tag Paul Diamond in it. It's really funny. Oh my god, that's actually really funny. <laughs> yeah, like he's gonna get it back, but we're gonna fuck with you first. So, well, they are not me. I, I'm innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see the dude at a convention. Oh, you're taking the pictures. Oh, this guy. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, hopefully, like with this new partnership with SmartMark and IWTV, that like. Maybe we'll see these Totally Tool shows pop up on, on IWTV for everyone's streaming pleasure. I'll, I'll message uh, Jerry tonight and get him up there. See if that we can would, stream him. That would be... I think that would... I think you should do it and like... You know what? Text him. Like literally text I'm him. Gonna right do him I'm going to do it right now while we are recording. Hold on. Let me find this Facebook message here. I think it would be fantastic if we like... If you promoted it as like a premiere. Like Totally Tool premiere on IWTV and like do it on like a... A thir- a, 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 well, they have the Beyond shows on the Thursdays, but yeah, like yeah. on a, a Tuesday, maybe? I'll do the commentary on them. Like, because the shows have no commentary. Oh, really? I'll sit there and do comment. Well, that would probably take away from a lot of the comedy that's happening in the ring, though. So. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Hold on, I'm messaging them now. Can we stream the tool show on IWTV? Thanks. There we go. That's it. The wheels are in motion. There we go. Uh, WrestleMania Monday premiere. We're going to go opposite WrestleMania Monday or Raw after WrestleMania. Uh, I think this is the, this is the move. I think this is what the people want. Yeah, this is the real war. Like, there's no Wednesday night war. <laughs> Actually, we're putting it on Wednesday, and we're going to go up against all of all of them. AEW. Start like ten minutes early, just so yeah. everyone's get the once they're stuck, they're stuck, and they're going to yeah. be watching it for the whole night. And it, Vin Gerard owns the fucking platform, so I could just make up the ratings. If <laughs> AEW has 793,000, I have 794,000. I win. <laughs> Want to play 21? I got 22. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I hope, I, I do hope that this goes. I mean, it should be an easy, I mean, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, they, so, they have it. So, just like, click, click. Okay, it's online now. I think so. Did he just message me back? Um,. He he has looked at he has seen the it. he's seen it. We're getting real time information. So the last message I sent to him was, "I can't. The wife and I are going out." Oh, he wanted me to host the Indie Awards. Oh, really? Um, on New Year's Eve. Oh, that that yeah. would have been fun. But but Puff Puff, Puff did, did a, great. He did an incredible. You job. know, he's so entertaining. I uh, I give him a lot of shit on commentary. I fucking love that kid. He is he's so good at what he does. He's a big guy, um, and the gimmick worked on that. Like I watched it, I was very entertained by him. He's so, like the the stuff he's been doing with like the writing the songs is like yeah the chef kiss emoji because it's like he's good. It's so good, and he's like he's fun, and it's funny. Like uh, over SummerSlam weekend, I, I was up there all, all weekend uh, doing shows and uh, working with Super Kicked, and we we did like a joint show with them. But then, like on their actual show, he uh, the promoter there, Chris uh, Chris Chambers, he was like, "Who do you want to work with?" And I was like, "Is Puff on the show?" Because I I had never met Puff. Yeah. And I I was just I seen him on Twitter, and I was just like, I I want to work with this guy so bad. Yeah. And like he was like, yeah. He's, so we did, and that was probably like 
my second favorite match that I had all year last year. Yeah. Just behind when I wrestled Shotzi because she's so good and she made me look like a million bucks. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I would love to to work with him again. I would love to have him in Chicago for freelance. I think yes. he would get over so hard. It's enough. eight hours. Like he will get and we we talked about it too so many times. But it, it's, it's like I mean you know how many times yep. like you have these com- conversations with promoters sometimes and they're just like yeah kid I'd love to have you and like I've gotten that that so many times and I know I've said it a million times. Um, but like I genuinely mean it most of the time. Like and it's just it's hard to just kind of like make things work, especially when you have like your your core group of guys exactly. that you have every month. Like, and you have a good thing going. You know, like this here, it's. The way the internet's talking about freelance right now and just the buzz that you guys have, it's special because it really is that fucking DIY. You guys, I I did that one show. I always talk about the pace of a freelance show, Um, how the ring announcer would just, he was on his way to the ring as we were walking out. Like the show went so fast and just moved because like... It's so much fun. The crowd never dies. They're always into it. It's just really good. You guys have that buzz right now, and you're not losing it at all. Yeah, I, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I was very excited. So this this uh, this last week, we had our, our first show of the year, and uh, we moved it. We, we started moving up the shows an hour. So we, we were starting at 9 o'clock, yeah. um, but now we're starting at 8, and, and it's just it's for me mostly but yes. like but also like with the with the IWTV like a lot of our east coast viewers on the show doesn't start till 10 o'clock for them yeah. so um we took it all into consideration we decided it's probably not going to hurt that much if we move up an hour yeah. so this past show we started at eight on the dot well maybe like maybe five minutes after there was some some uh, technical difficulties yeah. but eight o'clock show was done by just before ten thirty with eight matches and a 10 minute intermission it's perfect it was yeah, it was awesome. I um, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of shows without intermission. Um, a lot more promoters are doing it now, and the the shitty part is I can't sell my merch at intermission. Right. But you can sell it before and after, and I feel like the crowd dies with an intermission. They can, yeah, yeah. It's very easy. Yeah. So I'm liking like when Beyond just There's two hours and. Go right through. Yep. Chaotic out in New England. They do two hours top rope, just a show with no intermission. And th- they flow faster. And me, I'm old, so I want to be in the car by 9.30. You know, show starts at 7. Let's get out by 9.30. Yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's nice, too. And, like, I was I was talking to my girlfriend. Like, we got home, and I, we were, like, legitimately home and in bed by 11.30. And I was like, this, yep. is, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's amazing. Because I used to, like, I would be getting home at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning sometimes, like, because I would stay and help with the cleanup and everything and yeah. making sure the venue is, like, all taken care of. And I'm like, man, this this was the move. Like, moving up an hour, like, it made so much of a difference. Yeah, it really did. Like, I don't know. I, I remember I watched, I, was, I couldn't sleep one night. And I think it was the first time you guys did a YouTube live show. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. Like, it was just commenting. It felt like something special. I didn't know what I was you know, watching, I didn't know if it was special at the time, mm-hmm. but I knew it felt cool. And I remember watching it with like Nick Manawa who was watching it at the time. Oh. And there were like all of these people who were commenting while it was happening. And I'd never seen anything like that. I thought it was freaking awesome. Yeah. It was like, cause that was like 20, 2016, 2017. Yeah. And like, it was before I bought my house because I know I was in my old house. Oh. So, and that's been about three years now. And uh, yeah, so we like we were doing those shows like we were. I was just like, "Fuck it, man! It's 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 eyes on the product. Like, yeah, let them watch it for free. I don't care. Like, we were just doing it on YouTube, and that was all we knew how to do. And uh, it was funny enough. It was actually DJ Hyde when we did the first uh, versus show. He's like, what do "You mean you're giving it away for free? Yeah, you should charge five dollars at least." Like, and and I was like, "I mean, I guess. Like, I I don't know if people would do it." And like the views significantly dropped off, yep. but like a, a decent amount of people did. And it was like maybe like a hundred bucks like extra and I was like oh shit we can like charge for this and people would actually pay to watch it online like yeah there's an idea and so then we we did that and then and then shortly after that is when IWTV started up and you know we jumped on with them and it's been it's been awesome since then they're they're fantastic and it's it's only gonna get bigger and better this year what they have done for indie wrestling like people just don't realize it I was um 
I was in on a lot of the ground floor talks with uh, those guys when they were like, how should we do it? You know, should we try to go after this or this? And just seeing what Jerry's done with IWTV is freaking amazing because it's a business now. Like they, they have the East Coast team. I think there's a Midwest. And mm-hmm. then is there one in Canada? I think that there was some. I think they're, work, they're working on that right now. Okay. So, you know, you have, um, oh God, I'm not even going to go there because I'm blanking on his name right now. But the, uh, the guy from Southern Illinois who comes up. Paul. And, Paul, yes. Yeah. Love Paul. Paul. I love Paul. Yes. He is amazing. So, you know, like it's a real business now. I liken I liken Paul to a mad scientist because there would be times we'd be at the shows and uh, he'd be like, you know, it'd be like, oh man, like 30, 30 minutes till the show starts and he's still putting shit together and he's just like kind of like having like a little breakdown. He goes, I gotta go outside and he have a cigarette, come back in, yep. and then everything would be fine. <laughs> um, there was this was a couple of weeks ago actually. Mike Quackenbush goes down to Australia or England. I think it's Australia and. Before, as he's at the airport, sends me, the other commentator, and Paul a message. Oh, we need to re-record the show for March. And I'm like, so you're, and he's like, it needs to be done while I'm gone. So I'm like, wait, so you're going to Australia. You want me, who lives in New Hampshire, the other commentator who lives in Maryland, and Paul, who lives in Southern Illinois, to go to Philly and record this shit? No. So we had it all planned out. All right, whatever. We're going to do it. My sister dies. Or my adopted sister passes away. Oh, I don't... Yeah. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't care. Fuck her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> no, no, no. But, um... So I have, like, that going on where we're arranging the funeral and everything else. I have to go to Philly. I'm like, all right, I'm not going. Um, Paul's like, let's just do it remote. So... I did it from my man cave. The other commentator, Jason, does it from his house. Paul's down in Indy, er, Illinois. And it works. Like, it's great. Like, Paul is a freaking technology. Genius. Yeah. It's, 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 it's insane. And, and could you imagine, like, obviously growing up as a huge wrestling fan, myself included, like, the idea of being able to access all these shows at the touch of a button. And, like, I... I tell people, I'm like, it's essentially Netflix for independent wrestling. Yeah. And, but you can also watch live shows when they're happening. Like, and now you can insane. watch them two at a time. Yeah. It's, it's insane. fucking crazy. Like, if you're a wrestling fan and not on IWTV, you're doing something wrong. It's like, what, five what bucks you, a month? Yeah, what are you watching? Yeah, like, are, instead of the podunk wrestling shows, you know, save your money on that and watch this really good wrestling and support all of these guys that are trying to do something really awesome. Absolutely, yes. Fuck. Like, my guy can go on for days about just Vin Gerard and, oh, has he messaged me back yet? <laughs> What's, no, he left me on red. Oh, no. He's yeah. probably thinking about it. He's like, oh, do we uh, want to do that again? Do we want those three people watching it? <laughs> <laughs> I bet we could get more than three. I'm sure. Four. I, I really think I should redo the commentary because those tool shows... Are, I think that would be fun, honestly. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. There's so much. Like, we had uh, Bryce Benjamin, who was a black KKK member <laughs> that was blind. Okay, I heard um, about that one. We did that. Um, <laughs> my God. There was so much. Like, yeah. oh my... All right. This is one of the unsung heroes. Andy Long. Uh, referee my father your dad yeah all right <laughs> he calls him so, i don't know how that started but he he's my dad now he always has little things for people like for me he was driving down the road and he sees a car wash and i had a thick boston accent when i first came out here and the r in the car wash sign was burnt out so it said car wash so every time he got <laughs> in the ring he would shake my hand and just go car wash that was oh my his thing with me <laughs> for years. Um, but Andy Long comes out to referee the very first match. And a werewolf attacks Andy Long. And knocks him down. And Andy Long gets in the ring. And referees the first match. Comes out for the second match with a bandage on his hand. Comes out the third match with a bunch of hair all over him. Oh my god. The main event, he's a full-blown werewolf. Like, he <laughs> he just secretly turns into a werewolf. And the best part was a false count. 
where he goes one, two. Oh my! <laughs> I lost it. I and he was werewolf. That is that. That might be the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it like that's the shit that we came up with. That you know these shows. I I haven't watched them. In, I would love to sit down and watch them one day. Like they are amazing. I feel like. It's it's very much like uh, if you've seen any like the the spring break shows that GCW yeah. does like a lot of the shit in like the clusterfuck is is definitely like maybe unintentionally an homage to totally to a wrestling. Well, I know um, ISW up in Canada. Oh, uh, inter interspecies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They um they actually reached out to me one time um and actually just a nice note saying without what you did with totally tool we wouldn't have had these ideas to run our show, so thank you. Wow. And that totally meant a lot to me. Like, you know... That's I, fucking awesome. Yeah, like, I felt good, like, you know... Some validation in this yes. stuff that you're just like, it's so dumb shit that we're doing, but, like, yeah. it's funny to us, but, like, it, it actually, like, impacted a lot of people's lives. And now they have turned out some great people from up there, like Addy Star and, you know, 3.0 was wrestling there, mm -hmm. so, yeah, like... I don't know. That's kind of a cool thing. Like my, my big thing is in wrestling is I can look back and I, when people message me, they're like, Oh, you had me, you let me help set up with ring crew and you talk to Ed Schumann and, you know, let us um, come in and do this or a W and do this. And it happens so often. And I'm like, nice, because that's what I wanted. You know, when I was a fan, I wish that it was, oh, just, yeah, just show up and help out. Like, after my first show, all these guys, like Priest and DDS and Steve Stone, Derek St. Holmes, they fucking rode me and made sure they didn't fuck up. So, you know, I want to, I want to pay, I, I still want to pay that back to this day and just help everyone. Like, if somebody wants a booking or if somebody, if I know someone somewhere, please reach out to me and, you know, I will talk to them myself. Dude, absolutely. And you have, like, I mean, yeah. you, you helped me out, like, super, super. Uh, yes, with Blitzkrieg. Yeah, you, yeah. you got us out there and then uh, I had to fly to Atlanta. That's I think, right. And then I, you were just like, yeah, you stay with me. And yeah. I literally hung out with you and your family for, like, a whole day. Day and a half almost. We went and got ice cream. Like, yes. Like, that's that town, your town is, like, super cute <laughs> as well. I don't it's live like, there anymore. No, I uh, I that moved, house that looked like it was haunted. Yeah, the old antique. Um, it was built in 1895. We got rid of it. And we now moved about 20 minutes north and west. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially in the mountains. Oh, wow. And I have six acres of land, like a pool. The house is 4,000 square feet. Whoa. Um, like, I come visit again. I, please do. <laughs> I'm also six minutes from Manchester Airport. So if you're listening to this in Everworker Show on the East Coast, Fly into Manchester, stay at my place. I have two extra bedrooms. Like, wow. yeah, just crash with me. My dog will annoy you and my kid will wake you up at eight in the morning. But <laughs> um, no, like I, I truly, because I put, I learned how to balance my life and I put my family first, meaning I put a real job first mm -hmm. and I worked for uh, monster.com for six years. I was their top sales guy and it, it allowed us to, you know, it allowed me to make my son never want for anything. Like, he's a spoiled piece of shit. <laughs> and I don't care because I wasn't. I had to collect cans to go to wrestling shows and mm -hmm. redeem the cans. So I don't ever want that for him. And I actually just left Monster December 31st. And I'm in training. That's why I'm in Chicago right now. I'm in training for my new job which is the exact same job I had at Monster, just a different company for more money. So, Are you yeah. going to tell the same what the company is? Or? Um, yeah, I work for Career Builder. Oh, right on. Yeah, I work remote. Um, you know, my office is my loft in my house. That's so, awesome. That's the dream, I think. It is. Everybody wants to, like, good paying job, no commute. Yeah. You kind of work your own hours, I assume. You know, like, at Monster, I was doing a two-hour commute each way to work. Ooh. So I would leave the house at 6.45. I get to work 8.45, 9 o'clock. Leave the office at 5.30. I'm home 7.15, 7.30. And we my son goes to bed at 8 o'clock. Mm -hmm. So I get 30 minutes with him. Like, But we could afford everything. And I'm like, there's got to be something better. So I go to them and I'm like... Can I work from home? I'm 
I obviously know how to do the job. Like, can I just work from home? They said no. Like, hard no. So, career builder, a recruiter randomly called me one day and they're like, yeah, your resume looks good. I'm like, well, no shit, I work for your competition. Like, (laughs) Yeah, they want to... Yeah, they want to get you. So they paid me a ton more, and I work from home. That's awesome. So, yeah, well, it's good for you, man. It's the life. Like I'm so happy. I up until Monday, great story. I started with Career Builder on January second. From January second until this past Monday, so January tenth or thirteenth. Yeah. Thirteenth. I wore the same pair of pants and underwear, and didn't give a fuck. Like, I don't have to leave the house anymore. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I, I get the life now. Like, I still love wrestling. I will never stop doing wrestling in some capacity. But, yeah, my real life is, you know, far more important. That's, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at this point. I mean, obviously I don't have a, a wife and, and a child. You'll but, get there. But, uh, loving girlfriend, uh, somewhat loving chihuahua <laughs> and uh you know just doing doing what we're doing like i, I obviously working for pro wrestling tees running freelance which is awesome by the way like it's, this is fucking cool <laughs> thank you yeah um but yeah like I'm, I'm not really like wrestling as much myself anymore and i kind of like i go through funks with i'm like i'm like man like i i want to because i love wrestling and i love I, I love doing it but i also like have to be realistic and be like okay like i'm not doing you know, what all these kids are doing. I see kids and they're like, yeah, it's about the same age as me, but, but they're, they're, everyone's going out there and there's so many like super talented and just like extremely athletic guys that are just doing the most insane shit. And they're like, they're killing it. And I'm like, I don't want to go, I don't want to put myself out there and take a spot from one of those guys and, and not kind of deliver as much as, is if that makes sense? Yeah. I I think you deliver. I just think you're way too modest and, you know, your delivery in telling me, I, I think you definitely add so much when you are on a show. I really think your calling is promoting though. You're giving these kids a fucking platform and they're guys that nobody would ever see. Like I would never know who Pat Monix is. I know who Pat Monix is. You know, like I would never, the world, everyone in the world should know Isaiah Velasquez. Oh yeah. And I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you are now giving a platform to do that all of these young guys and i'm sorry joe alonzo i fucking love that kid because he's he's me um years ago he 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 fucks up the way i fuck up Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have the people that tell me that i fucked up he has social media that tells him that he fucked up and it's a different time and i get that but holy shit you gave joe alonzo a platform like that one show and he turned it on like you know, he's dumb. He, he says some dumb shit. Um, but I see so much of myself in Joe. Mm-hmm. And he'll get it. I know he'll get it. And I'm rooting for that son of a bitch so bad because I want him to, like, to do it. But yeah, no, absolutely. I do. I, I, he's extremely talented. He just needs yeah. to shut his mouth a little bit. Yep. And he won't. He will that's never. His, that's his joke. No, that's, that's his joke. And I root for him to shut his mouth. And I actually help him out on some of his promos. Like he sent me. He and I worked on one where um, it was the one in Walmart that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was for your show actually, where he was uh, with Pat Monitz with oh. the action figure and all that. Yeah. So he and I worked on that promo together. And he sent me what he first had, and it was bad. I'm like, nope, you cannot put that out there. You cannot do it like that. Do it like this. It's funny, as opposed to being mean and being an asshole. And that's where you have to, that's where you struggle line, is be funny, not... Not offensively funny. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. definitely there's definitely a, a middle ground that, you know, is entertaining, and people know it's entertaining, but, like, when people don't, know if you're joking or they don't know your sense of humor you need to kind of be like oh shit yeah sorry, either guys. smarten people up or don't do it yeah um it's a I, different time like and i think he wants to be like brian pillman-ish you know like i want i this is what i want but with this social climate you have to take into consideration the people that are buying tickets to see you 
and paying those wrestling promotions that are now taking the heat from those people. Mm -hmm. And if you're on a show, those people are not going to buy a ticket. And that's where you have to smarten up and say, okay, maybe I can do it like this. So I just hope he finds that like this, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm rooting for you, Joe. <laughs> I, I'm your biggest freaking fan. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we've hit the hour mark, so. All right. I, I can go all night, but. I know we can. Jesus, there's so much that, you know, we could, we could still, um. You know that we could talk about it in other episodes if I ever come back to Chicago. Oh damn, hell yeah! Especially or if I'm ever if I'm ever out your way. I mean, this stuff is pretty much mobile. I can, yeah, I can bring it with me. and We can talk all night. Part two, part three. Like I can, my God, there are so like we didn't even touch on my time in AEW. Oh yeah, IWA. When I first saw you was at AEW. Was I Lucas or was I Joey? You were Joey. You're okay. Joey. Yeah. Yeah, Lucas. Oh my God, I could never do that. Now I was a complete, <laughs> essentially. I, I was making fun of transgenders, and it was so offensive. Oh. Um, yeah, I could like I feel dirty even when people bring it up. I'm like, I did it to get noticed, you know. Like I did it so that they would book me as Joey. Yeah. But yeah, it was so dumb. Don't ever make fun of any trans. We are all inclusive. Mm -hmm. Like wrestling is for everyone. We don't make fun of people. Absolutely. I, yes. I made that mistake. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but IWA, like, you know, fucking, God, the shit I saw in IWA, like, yeah, there we need to do, there was definitely some shit, we yeah. need to do, like, a whole IWA episode. Oh, my God, the history of IWA from my eyes, like, where I wasn't people. in the, the inner circle, but I was, like, close enough to overhear, oh, my God, it's dirty, ooh, yeah, it's good, it, it would be good, so, yeah, we're gonna have to do it again. I'm getting Ian to come up here, <laughs> hey, he doesn't want to kill me anymore, so I, well, think that's good. I think we're okay. I don't think he can anymore. I think, like, the diabetes took his foot, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel bad for Ian at this point. Like, I truly pity Ian Rotten at this point, because he did so much for me, mm -hmm. and, you know, the world turned on him because of, you know, what he's done. I mean, aside from my first meeting of him, when he beat me up and threw me out of a show... Uh, he's always been super nice to me, like always super, uh, complimentary of freelance and like what we've done and coming from him, like, you know, no matter what people will say or, you know, of, of him, he's always been like the kind of like me the measuring stick for like, for independent wrestling yes. when it comes to like running. I mean, he would run so many shows, but he yeah. helps, he helped launch so many, so many careers and, and, you know, to, to, to have that kind of like. Coming from him is it for sure. Me, it does mean a lot. And Ian Rotten always paid me. It may have only been twenty, thirty dollars, but Ian Rotten always paid me. I, I so same here every yeah. time. So I, I know that other guys have said he, they he's been stiffed or he stiffed them or whatever. From me personally, Joey Eastman never once had a problem with money. He was always right there, and Ian was always good to me. So you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're all about oh, positivity here. Did did Vin Gerard, before we wrap up, son of a gun, he didn't he left me on red, guys. This is what we uh this is what we get. To be continued for that. <laughs> Maybe for episode two of There we go. <laughs> there we we'll, we'll do a out. watch along. Oh, that'd be fun. Fuck yeah. All right, all right. Do you have anything uh, anything you want to plug before you guys? No, no, like I'm on Twitter, S Bacabella. Um that's pretty much it. I don't have anything. Right. Well, thank you so much for for coming by and seeing the shop and I love it. Sitting down and talking, getting me out of work for a little bit. That's like great. <laughs> That's great. No, Excellent. thank you so much, and thank you for keeping Chicago wrestling alive. Like I look at the scene and I'm like, it's freelance. It's AAW. I love Chicago wrestling. It's it's where I started, mm -hmm. and you are keeping it alive. So please keep giving these kids places to work. Like it's you and Danny. So. That's it. Thank you. They appreciate that. Yeah. So, all right. I'm going to do some Portillo's. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's Cake go. shake.